the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands, Tea Party Patriots, and the Unite i.e. coalition of conservative and patriot groups in the Indian Empire, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. And before we dive in and meet our guest this week and uh, uh, the news of the week, including with Donald Trump, is we have a great conference. The Unite, i.e. Conservative Summit is coming up uh, this uh April 29th at the Double Tree in Ontario. Great lineup of guests, including Pastor Jack Hibbs, Officer Tatum, Sebastian Gorka, uh, Stephen Moore, and others. And you can get your tickets at, by going to the website for this station, am590theanswer.com. There'll be a banner at the top of the page. Click through that and follow to buy your tickets. And they're going fast, so uh, sign up quickly. It's going to be a great event, and it's a way you can meet your fellow America-loving, freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and learn how to get together if we're going to save uh, save this country. My guest this week, I'm pleased to welcome back to the show, is Tom Delbacaro. He is an attorney and always caution people to remember that uh, it's 97% of attorneys that give a 3% of, uh, a bad name. Tom is the author of the book, The Divided Era, How We Got Here and the Keys to America's Reconciliation. And maybe we will, in light of recent events, we'll talk about whether the key has been lost or not. Tom was also a, a, the head of the California Republican Party, ran for Senate, and um, is a political commentator. And I think he practices a little bit of law in his spare time like I do. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hey, Greg, always great to be on. And uh, I try and practice law as sparingly as possible. Yeah. Um, so the big news of the week and, and really led me to invite you onto the show is after seven years, eight years of, of effort and applying Laurenti Beria's philosophy of show me the man and I'll find the crime. The Democrats have finally indicted Donald Trump for something in New York. And interesting, if you look at the indictment, the something is not entirely clear. Um, he's accused of falsifying business records to commit another crime, which hasn't been named. So I guess it'll be like in baseball, it'll be a crime to be named later. And then there's other, there's other pending investigations. They're trying to get something on him. So. What is your take? I guess we'll start with the New York case and then broaden our discussion into uh, the other possible cases. Well, uh, that's a great opening. I love that. A crime to be named later, uh, at which some have said already that that's uh, on its face can be dismissed. The way the New York system works is it's arguable whether you have to name it, but Within 15 days, you have to give what's called a bill of particulars, which delineates very clearly what it all is. Otherwise, it's a Sixth Amendment violation. And uh, and then shortly thereafter, you will see motions to dismiss the case. Uh, as you know, I think it was last August, I wrote a Fox piece about how the DOJ and FBI want to choose who can be the presidential candidate. That was simply looking at the facts of how they handled the Hillary investigation versus the Trump investigation, or you can look at Andrew McCabe and the fact that, you know, he lied four times to the FBI and got away with it, got actually paid extra money. Uh, but then, you know, Peter Navarro gets arrested at, at an airport on a misdemeanor. You, you know, other people, they SWAT team their house and those kind of things. It doesn't even have to be sold anymore to anybody that there's two tiers of justice 
Not long ago, there was a poll that came out that said 53% of Americans think that uh, the DOJ is the private Gestapo of Biden. It's a really terrible time uh, in history that this this country that was founded on the notion of uh, the rule of law has has been corrupted in that regard. But not a surprise because all big governments have elements of corruption throughout history. I, I want to go back a little bit farther. Um, and one of the reasons we rebelled was the Bill of Attainders. And what that was, was the parliament in England was able to name a person and essentially they would go after them. And that's the reason why we have amendments, Third and Fourth Amendment. Third Amendment is not no soldiers should be quartered in your home. Uh, that's what they actually did to those who dissented. Uh, we do that in a different fashion today by spying on your phone. Uh, and, uh, of course, the Fourth Amendment is probable cause, which brings us to the New York case where he campaigned on a bill of attainder that he was going to go after Trump. Uh, I, I don't know why they don't press this issue more. As an attorney, I certainly would. Uh, and then he comes up with this, you know, I hate to use this phrase, but it's true, a nothing burger uh, indictment. Then he gives a press conference. We're talking about Alvin Bragg. And he lies dramatically in the conference by saying, you know, essentially, this is what we do and business as usual, crime as usual, can't go on. Turns out the New York Post did some digging and they found that Alvin Bragg has only filed uh, a handful of cases eight times in the past few years. And get this, Greg, it turns out that the most common outcome, are you ready for this? is a guilty plea to disorderly conduct followed by a fine. So this is essentially a a ticket for most people. But let's let's be honest what's going on. Alvin Bragg is one of the uh, George Soros DAs in America. I live in a county with one of them. I can tell you about her. And this is entirely political. And the danger here, and I'll I'll stop filibustering since we're talking politics, the danger here is we live in an era not just where politicians fight each other, but where the Democrats have combined donors, mega donors, with the DOJ, the FBI, and, and local DAs, and they are criminalizing politics. And that is their way of stopping Republicans, among other things. And the Hobson's choice here for Republicans, you may or may not like Trump. But if it comes down to saying Trump should withdraw, Greg, because of this indictment, then you will have shown the Democrats that they should simply just keep indicting people to get their way. Oh, sure. And of course, when you, when you pick a place like New York or the swamp in DC, your jury, your jury pool is going to be 90% plus uh, Democrats. And we saw that in DC where the uh, special counsel that's investigating the FBI brought clear cases of people lying to the FBI, but because they were Democrats, they were acquitted. And conversely, any Donald Trump or anyone associated with him will be just as easily convicted regardless of, of law or evidence. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and keep in mind, this isn't new to Trump. You recall in 2015, Rick Perry was indicted by a political opponent, uh, and uh, that was eventually thrown out. But of course, Rick Perry wanted to run for president in 2015, and it it had a bad effect. I'm not saying it was the only reason, but it had a bad effect on him. Now, Trump obviously has uh, this says filled some coffers. Uh, but, you know, I wrote this book, The Divided Era. Thank you for mentioning it. This is what they plan to do. And they're trying to make him as radioactive as possible. And they will stop at nothing. And Alvin Bragg, I mean, come on. First of all, New York State, just just I've been an attorney 35 years. Let's, let's look what Alvin Bragg's trying to do. 
let's say that I was in uh, California and I ran a stop sign. Could New York find me for running a stop sign in California? No, that's not our system of government. New York doesn't have jurisdiction over federal crimes. Again, that's our form of government. New York has never sought to use a campaign finance law to to do this. I don't think they've ever used a federal law in connection with this business record keeping. So I I expect the motions to be there. And if this judge doesn't dismiss this case, then we go one step further and say that uh, our judges are too infected as well. And let's be honest, many of them are. Well, the guy they picked is has a record of uh, contributing to the Democrats. His daughter, I like his daughter works for works for the works for Kamala Harris or a campaign, and is now working for some other Democrat organization. This is the same guy that oversaw and kind of railroaded Trump's CFO uh, over some equally flimsy flimsy charges. Um, so I would not be I would not be optimistic that he's going to get a fair hearing before. Uh, before that judge. Now, the underlying the, the underlying of this, I and mean, he didn't say the law, but from his illegal leaks, the DA's illegal leaks to the press, is they're saying that Trump should have paid for, allegedly paid for, and the question whether he actually did or not, the uh, non-disclosure agreement with Stormy Daniels over an alleged sexual encounter back in the 2000s uh, out of campaign money, not personal money. And I think that, and you may know more about this, isn't it? Wouldn't wouldn't paying for that out of campaign money be an improper use of campaign money for a personal expense? Yeah, which, by the way, when um, uh, John Edwards did that, and it was well over a million dollars, and it was far closer connection, um, the FEC still didn't say it was a, a crime. And uh, there's no law in New York that says the manner in which this has to be paid. There's no law in New York that says your attorney can't be the one who writes the check. I mean, I have a law firm. I write checks to vendors all the time. I hire vendors for a case, even though my client is uh, ultimately chargeable for it. I write the check and they reimburse me. So that is why so many legal analysts and someone suffering from common sense like yourself says, this doesn't make any sense until you realize that it is simply political. Mm -hmm. This was what they wanted, but not nearly as much as they wanted. They wanted the circus. They want to say that Trump was indicted and they want to make him radioactive. By the way, so how much was the payment? I want to say 130000 Yet the cost to New York City to do this will be in the hundreds of millions. And this is why rational people say that, you, that there should be discretion in charging and how you go forward with the case, which they obviously show because they wind up finding of the eight cases this man has brought in, they wind up just finding these people. So um, so this is out of control. It's done purely for political purposes. No one's going to convince me that this was done because there's precedent. Uh, we need to get pause there, but before we uh, go to our commercial break, uh, Alan Dershowitz wrote about this, and he's a liberal law professor, opposes Donald Trump politically, voted for Hillary and Biden, probably for Obama and Al Gore and everybody who ran against the Republicans. But he, he quoted Supreme Court Justice Jackson, who served from 41 to 54, who said that uh, with the law books filled with a great assortment of crimes, a prosecutor stands a fair chance of finding at least a technical violation of some act on the part of almost anyone, and the laws are more numerous, complex, and onerous than they were in 1954, so it gives the government discretion to prosecute or not prosecute whomever they want, and you can't have a free country on that basis. Well, let's take a pause here and hear from Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. 
back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, or read my book, Experience Matters, Here's Mine, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own, or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to Escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Well, welcome back to Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots, Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. I'm pleased to be visiting today with a Tom Del Beccaro, a fellow attorney, uh, political commentator, used to be head of the California Republican Party. We will not hold that against him. And um, we were discussing in the, in the, the New York indictment of Donald Trump. And we want to broaden this a little bit more into some of the other possible cases. But let me ask you this question. And some people have asked this. Is, 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 is this because they're really afraid of Donald Trump and they just want to do whatever is necessary to keep him from being elected president? Or is it, as some people have suggested, they think Donald Trump is the easiest Republican to beat, so they want to indict him so Republican voters will nominate him and then they can win? Um, I'm going to be contrarian and say it's neither. And the reason why I say this is this. In history, the larger government becomes and the more centralized it becomes in putatively elected free countries, the more the political establishment believes that it knows better and defends itself against the unwashed masses, the free, the allegedly free people. And as this dynamic plays out, the establishment attacks any candidate who threatens their business. Keep in mind, six or seven of the richest nine counties in the country surround D.C. And so... Donald Trump is a fly in their ointment, and they attack populists, and that's the genesis of this. Now, Trump in particular is particularly annoying to them, especially since he didn't kiss anybody's ring, he can't, he can't be bought off, but it is part of a greater movement, a greater political d- dynamic, which has been seen before in history. Yes. And it's funny how the a lot of defenders of our democracy are perfectly okay with the weaponization of the legal system against uh, their political opponents. And, and top of that list is Mitch McConnell, who hates Trump, wants him removed, and will allow this stuff, will turn a blind eye to this stuff to defeat Trump and his followers. But the problem with this is Trump's going to be gone in five years one way or the other, correct? Yes. And, uh, at, but the precedence and the damage uh, and, and the, the strength this gives the left to do these sort of things will remain and grow worse. The... Um... Now, this isn't the only case, and, and, and uh, some people, some, even some Democrats, have uh, suggested that this is one of the weaker cases. So there's three other cases, there's three other possible cases that I'm aware of. One is there's a grand jury in Atlanta, Georgia, which is essentially as Democrat as New York City. 
that's looking into his a, a telephone call that Donald Trump made to the Georgia Secretary of State saying, here's these various caches of illegal votes in the 2020 election that you should throw out. And under Georgia law, if the number of illegal votes exceeds the margin of victory, which is only about 11,000 votes in Georgia, then the election is is to be redundant. And I, know, and I know a lot more about this because the head of our organization nationally, Jenny Beth Martin, was a served as a volunteer paralegal on the case that was got together. She got together declarations in support of of the case. Then you have the classified documents case where they supposedly found classified documents at Donald Trump's residence. Uh, the FBI had come out and inspected before, and they had said, just put another lock on the door. And then they come out and raided it uh, with a fully armed SWAT team. Um, so there's that, that one. And for, you know, Joe Biden had classified documents. Uh, Mike Pence had classified documents, took with him when he left office. And I'll bet Barack Hussein Obama did as well. Um, then you have the January 6th case that somehow Donald Trump instigated the insurrection against the government. Um, what is your assessment of any of those cases? Well, I, I join other legal analysts uh, the, with regard to the Georgia case that simply calling someone else, uh, calling up someone else and saying fine votes is different from saying hide votes is different from saying I want you to suspend laws or anything else. So um, he has a First Amendment right to contact the Secretary of State and say, find votes. Um, but that's political, as you described it as well. Um, the insurrection, um, you know, uh, it, the Aliens and Sedition Act, mainly the Sedition Act, um, I want to say 1803, that came into law under Adams where he went after his opponents, and Jefferson actually thought that you, you were seeing the end to the American experiment. Yeah. Maybe under the Sedition Act, you could, you could end the First Amendment like they tried, but not today. Um, nothing Trump said at the time said, do this. But again, they're going to do whatever they can. Now, Mar-a-Lago is slightly different. They've gone from he had them, that's no longer going to work because, as you pointed out, everybody else had them, to he obstructed. And um, do I think that the DOJ, under this disgrace of an attorney general, will pursue that? I do. Do I think that there's a potential for a technical violation, which you referenced earlier? It's possible. But that's the age we live in, the criminalization of politics. Of course, we know that, uh, you know, um, Hillary Clinton had um, classified documents on her unsecured server, who was probably being read in real time by the Russians, the Chinese, and probably other foreign intelligence services, as well as she took documents, she deleted government documents, and in and of itself, that's a crime. Under a subpoena, a second crime. Yes. So yes, this is what this is part of my point when I wrote that Fox period, uh, piece about two tiered system of justice. Uh, and sadly, look, it, it is the defense of freedom is far harder than the attacks on freedom. Um, that's why uh, Will Durant said that uh, the historian said that democracy is a hectic interlude between authoritarianism and why um, Ben Franklin said a republic if you can keep it because they studied the end of Greek democracy which was remarkably like we are today class warfare huge division ignored foreign policy and that's the great danger another great danger here and they were trampled upon by Philip of Macedon and Greek democracy ended Well, now we have China uh, ascending. You have Russia. China's doing deals without the U.S. dollar, and we're fighting among ourselves. That's great danger. It is. You've got about 50 seconds here. Some people have suggested that um, Republican attorneys general, state attorneys general and and DAs should start the same approach, and they should should go find uh, crimes committed by Democrats because otherwise the Democrats will continue with what they're doing. 
You're shaking your if head. They no. actually, if they seriously violate the law, I agree. But subterfuging the Constitution is not what Republicans should stand for. We should stand for and renew our commitment to the Constitution. Now, Republicans don't have the, uh, shall we say, backbone, I think, to, to wage war- political warfare like that. So it's probably an academic uh, discussion. Uh, day two, we'll continue our discussion with uh, other issues on the other side of this. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, or read my book, Experience Matters, Here's Mine, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own, or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in keeping America great, free, and prosperous. And we certainly need people to step up and do that. Uh, John Adams cautioned us that uh, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There was never a democracy that did not commit suicide. Now, my view, I think the uh, decline of American democracy is not suicide. It's uh, homicide. But we, that, maybe we'll delve into that distinction a little bit while later. Uh, my guest this week is Tom Del Beccaro, uh, among other claims to fame. He wrote the book, The Divided Era, How We Got Here and the Keys to American Reconciliation. Uh, if that key has not been lost. Um, this past this past week, uh, uh, Jason Whitlock, who I like, he's a former sportscaster and he's now moved into more political and social commentary, was on the Tucker Carlson show. And let's play a little clip of what uh, Jason Whitlock had to say. He calling Trump the most righteous person in the world, but anybody looking at this knows that Alvin Bragg and the Democratic and the leftists are are, are lawless. They, they don't believe in fair justice, equal uh, treatment under the law. They don't believe in that, and and so you can't have partnership with them. And then if you go down to verse 17, Paul talks about God's instruction that you got to come out from among them and separate. That's what. God instructed. And that's where I think we actually are, Tucker, is these guys are so far removed from the truth, so far removed from any of the values that made this country great, we can't really have partnership with them. And and my mindset went to secession, that we have to separate, we have to come out from among them. They're so unrighteous, they're so unclean, that, you know, finding common ground, is is impossible with people who think men can become women who who told us hey look we just want two men to be able to get married and and there's no slippery slope and that was a lie and we've seen the slippery slope now now it's drag queens reading books to kids now it's taking kids to drag queen shows now it's uh, uh, mutilating kids and, and infecting them with gender dysphoria and using it as an excuse to cut off their breasts or cut off their penis. You can't have peace. You can't have partnership with these people. There are so many lies stacked on top of lies from the whole Black Lives Matter, George Floyd deal, and oh, the police are just out indiscriminately killing black men and it's so dangerous because of the police. That's all a lie and everybody knows it. It was interesting uh, that uh, Fox News cut later in the, later in, in the segment 
Fox News cut him off in Jason Whitlock in mid-sentence, went to a long string of commercials, and then came back when uh, Tucker handed off the, to, uh, to, to Sean Hannity, who, uh, who followed him. So I'm just taking that, just taking that example. Can we, can we reconcile? Do we, do we want to reconcile with people who want to confuse children and then chemically and surgically castrate, mutilate, and sterilize them? Well, <laughs> let's talk, of course, to the broader context, and this is in part the subject of my upcoming book. Uh, at the beginning of a civilization, there is there are strong beliefs. Civilizations are born in belief, both religious and in the core purposes of that civilization. Uh, you read all the charters of the American states. Uh, or the uh, the companies that came over, they all talked about, as some version or another, the glory of God. Civilizations start out that way, religious, very moral, strict, and they die without morals, or as they decline seriously. They die in doubt, that Wall Street Journal poll showing how few Americans rely or, or care about religion or belief in God. And morality certainly looks far different for the way we view individuals. None of this stuff, drag queens and whatever, were at the beginning of American civilization, beginning of the Greek civilization, uh, homosexuality was far less prevalent than it was at the end. You have these changes so then on top of that, so it, that's a natural continuum. Um, the other very significant problem that happens is changing from an agrarian farm-based economy to the city. When the family is the center unit, you, you have a more cohesive society. When the, when the cities dominate the countryside, you have this individualism, you have uh, that loosens morals. It's it, it, the family becomes very much less important and very separated. And then what you have, what America has done in the last sixty years, is with its policies essentially assaulted the family and sped up this disintegration of the family. You know, before the Great Society, um, unwed children in black families was around 20%. It's now 70%. They pay people not to work. They undermine a value system. And that's the dynamic you have now. Can you possibly work with people as you describe it? A lot of those you cannot. But if this country is to go on, we need a leader in the JFK Reagan mold who says something essentially like this. We have been at each other's throats. We deeply disagree, but we have, we still have common goals. Here's how we're going to, here's the common goal and how we're going to achieve it. When Reagan got elected, he was vilified up until the election, but by the end of his term, he had created the Reagan Democrat and he did it essentially following what I suggested. But of course, I'm just repeating, uh, talking about the history that can easily be known. If we are going to get past this moment in time and begin to reconcile for at least a period of time, they have to follow that and they have to leave those extremists, as you would call them, in the, in the background because people want to get to a better place. That's the key. They're in a failing place. I want to lead you to a successful place. They're hurting society, but we together can reach a better point. You, you can't be, heal a nation and reconcile and get to a better place by simply saying they're destructive. You have to order, offer people a way forward. Remember, Napoleon said leaders are dealers in hope, and we don't have that right now. Okay. Um, a lot of stuff to, to, to dive in from, from that. One is, I'm not sure we we really do share common goals. Two, I, I, you touched on that Wall Street Journal poll. We talked about it la last week. I do want to bring that up again. This is these are civilization ending numbers. So there are three years in, in the poll: 1998, 2019, and 2023. 
and they ask you the are these are the following values very important to you so patriotism in 1998 70% 2019 down to 61% 2023 plummets to 38% religion 1998 62% 2019, 48%, and 2023, 39%. Having children, kind of important if you want to continue your country and civilization. 1998, 59%. 2019, 43%. And 2023, 30%. The only thing that went up was um, making money, which is nice, but not a basis for continuing a civilization. Yeah, you're correct. So let's compare... That poll today with the end of the Roman Empire. Um, uh, start with religion. Um, civil religion is very strong at the beginning of civilization, but by but by the end, they become the subject of uh, gods. Become the subject of poets, not that people go to church and truly believe. Right? Paganism is uh, is the thoughts of the rich, not the life of the poor. So, what do we find? We find that we've become so rich, and this is what happens. As wealth grows, religiosity declines throughout all of history. As people become comfortable in their current life, they stop thinking about the afterlife. That's just a fact of history. And America is in the throes of that, which is accentuated by the media attacking it at every turn. So, and... Forever, as science grows, the realm of science grows, the realm of religion uh, uh, is reduced. That's part of it. Let's talk about children. Uh, The Roman Empire wound up having to import slaves because as they got richer in the cities, especially Rome, people had kids at a lesser amount. Why do kids, why do families have less? One, the city. Individuals, they delay marriage. Two, the richer you are, the more you delay marriage. This is a fact of history. Three, education. Education, we used to get married in America in the 1700s and the 1800s at 16. You lived on the farm, you had grown up and were responsible by then. You got married 16, 17 years old. Very rare did you have somebody in their late 20s who wasn't uh, initially married. Once you get rich, you go to edu- you suddenly go to college. Now you're 20, 23 and you and you haven't gotten married. You go to grad school. You take a job. Right now in America, we uh, we delay marriage into our thirties. Well, that lost ten years results in less kids. There's not a single country north of the equator, the richer countries, that are in ten to fifteen years will be repopulating of their own enough to sustain the civilization. That's the effect of wealth, which is why it's idiotic for for uh, Gates or anyone else to say we're going to have a population problem. I agree. In seventy five years, our population problem is going to be not enough people on earth to support their welfare states. Lastly, let's uh, let's go to and, and by the way, Rome fell in part because a lack of patrium a lack of their own people, and the fact that they had to hire mercenaries to fight their wars. They once had a great empire of recruitment, but they died not only when recruitment fell, but because they had to hire mercenaries to fight their wars, and mercenaries are only as loyal as their paycheck. And so the end of the Roman Empire, which took a long time, right, had all of these characteristics that you describe. Nevertheless, you can have a great leader reinstill the discipline, the the virtuosity. Pericles came in at a time when, when Greece was at each other's throats and he led them in a renewal. The uh, there were emperors that talked about that were after the fall of the Republic that ruled the Roman Empire for the good of the people, not themselves. It's still possible. But right now, we don't see that because, and you touched on it at the end, government's the biggest business in this country by far. It's, it's 44% of the economy. Politicians are happier to be rich 
than to govern their people. And that is very risky in a civilization. Let's take a pause here, and uh, we're going to hear from out there again the Unite IE Conservative Summit. It's going to be a great event and a place to network and meet up with people who think like you do, who think like we do, who are freedom-loving, America-loving Americans. We hope to see you there. Unite IE is coming Saturday, April 29th to Ontario. Hosted by Jennifer Horn and Grant Stinchfield for The Morning Answer. Featuring top answer on-air talkers, Sebastian Gorka and Officer Tatum. Plus, Pastor Jack Hibbs and other special guests to be announced. Who will save California? It's never too late to turn the state and the country around. Are you going to stay on the sidelines? Or join us in Ontario for Unite IE. Lock in your tickets now before they're gone at AM 590. The Answer. .com. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots and Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups in the Indian Empire. I'm pleased to be visiting with Tom Del Beccaro, and I, I, I think I know a fair amount about history, but um, I'm getting a history lesson today, both on and off the air, about uh, Greece and Rome and, and, and other things. Earlier in the program, you talked about that it's possible in the midst of decline to get that leader who reinvigorates the country. And I think Ronald Reagan did some of that in the malaise of Jimmy Carter, kind of turned it around the country around temporarily. So is there is there a Ronald Reagan or the equivalent of the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius or or others who can lead that renaissance? And is is looking for the guy at the top to do that the wrong approach? Should we should the focus instead be on invigorating the citizens and maybe the pastors to lead the American Renaissance? You ask a really important question, and another way perhaps to look at that, historians have always asked, does the man make the history, does the, the moment in time make the man? And as usual, it's, it's somewhere in between. Uh, as a historical matter, there usually is some catalyst that brings someone to the top who acts dramatically within a, any given situation. Uh, I have a book over my shoulder here about about Patrick Henry, which uh, your patriots should study Patrick Henry as best they can and understand this dynamic. Look, uh, the decline of a civilization and its rise is no more a straight line than the emotions of our day. And there will be rallying points, especially because uh, the rise of China will, as perhaps the, the French uh, historian Michelet, who talked about how war could rediscipline a society, maybe that is what occurs in the United States. I, I Look, sadly, the United States is heading for some pretty difficult periods of time. This inflation you see is going to last because the public debt is going to rise. Politicians have no desire yet to stop the funding. I hate to bring this up to your audience, but of course, we started spending wildly while Trump was president. We're still spending wildly. So do I think there's a man alive who can rise above this? Yes, but will he seize the moment and who is that? But the way to do that isn't to expect to unite everyone, although let's say we were attacked tomorrow uh, in Washington state by the Chinese land force, we would quickly unite and we would sacrifice. But that's not going to happen. So how in a slower malaise, as you described earlier under Carter, would someone rise? They have to pick an issue and say, here's where we're going. When Kennedy got elected, he lost more states than he won, which was a big deal at the time. And also the mafia helped him and people knew it. What did he do? What? Mayor Daly. Yeah. What did he do? He said, we're going to go to the moon. Now, uh, what did that tell you? He literally said, we need to look to the heavens and succeed. Uh, Which is, by the way, why there is great vaulted ceilings in churches. We need someone 
to step forward and again say you're at each other's throats, but here is an accomplishment that we can do. And nothing succeeds like success for a politician if he can limit his reach and not say we're going to solve every problem or her limit her reach and get success under their belt, which is what I described in chapter 10 of my book, The Divided Era. Then you can see a step forward, but we are overrun by the cities, overrun by the media, and I think it will take a, a us going, bottoming out more before we're going to rise significantly to some challenge. Well, you know, um, it was, you know, you, you know, Donald Trump, and I don't know if you're a Donald Trump supporter this time. I mean, you know, obviously in the general, you vote for the Republican, you know, even if it's Nikki Haley or Chris or uh, Chris, um, the fat guy well, from New Jersey. Now you're pushing it. <laughs> yeah. OK. I mean, you, you have to suck it up and, and, vote, for, and vote for him. Uh, but Donald Trump was talking, you know, we're going to build new cities. We're going to we're going to dominate the flying, the coming flying car business. We're going to build beautiful buildings, not the ugly stuff that they have now. We're going to, I, I, on your Facebook page, you get some pictures of just beautiful cathedrals, stuff that they don't build anymore. And um, someone commented. Enough, but but what, here's my concern about that. <clears throat> when Kennedy and Reagan both got elected in economic malaise, and remember before Kennedy, Eisenhower suffered uh, three recessions in an eight-year period, and they were pretty intense. What he called upon Americans, giving power to Americans through tax cuts to renew, same as Reagan. Government, there's too many people, including you, who believe today that you, you cannot improve America through more government. You're correct. So saying we're going to build cities like Trump does, I don't think is the winning answer. What he say? What he has to say is what Reagan said: "Government's not the solution. Government is the problem." And here is how strategically we're going to improve certain things. And I need you to join me. And if that means we have a a, a group of business leaders who help us in that regard, I'm going to call upon them. But one of my problems with Trump's is that he remains government centric on certain things. And I don't think that too many people are skeptical at that stage, at this stage of that. That doesn't mean between now and whenever he changes his mind or emphasizes something different, but it does trouble me. Yeah. So among the uh, possible declared impossible Republican presidential candidates, do you have a favorite? Um, well, as you know, I worked on uh, out West where, on the Trump tax policy, selling it. Uh, I want to, I, I very much like Mr. Pompeo. He's very good on economics uh, and he's great on foreign policy. I like Ron DeSantis in his ability to take on woke and standing up for things. There's no perfect candidates. Uh, I Look, I, drain the swamp. What could, you know, of course, drain six of those counties out of seven. So each of those three in my mind, uh, including Trump, bring a lot to the table. Um, and I think Republicans should stop right now from hitting on Nikki Haley because we need more messengers out there highlighting the faults of government, not less. And she reaches a different audience and we need that audience. Sure. Okay. I just, I would, she would be down my list of choices. I don't think she has the backbone to uh, stand up for what she believes. Although, you know, she, 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 she talks, a, she talks a pretty good line. And I'm happy to have, you know, um, we need to follow in a sense, Ronald Reagan's rule that somebody who agrees with us 80% of the time as our friend and ally and not our enemy. It's just that in choosing who's going to be a, the, uh, the general or the coach or the quarterback for our team, we should make the try to make the best choice, um, even if uh, we not the eighty percent choice. And I agree with you. I'm just saying she she's on the news and she's pretty articulate. You may not choose her for president, but anybody who brings focus to the true issues of the day instead of Alvin Bragg's ridiculous indictment, I'm in favor of, of helping them get the message out. Okay, I got a little less than a minute here, and I'm going to kind of turn it over to you for closing thoughts about uh, how, you know, you mentioned Benjamin Franklin. Uh, can we keep the republic? How do we keep the republic? 
Well, again, the defense of freedom is harder than attacking it because those that attack it and want to make money off it uh, are at it 24-7. But there's really no choice. I love, I've always loved your opening about the most important thing. It's not enough to vote. You have to organize and you have to create grassroots movements like Prop 13 that changed the country and then elected Reagan and changed the world. That's the only true model, and we need to keep at it. Thank you for being on the show. Look forward to having you back and and your and your book when the, when the, when that one comes out. And uh, it's 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 always interesting because you know see, I I know a fair amount about history, but I get a history lesson uh, every time that you are on the show, and it's always and it's always interesting. Thank you, Tom, and tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite IE Radio. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, or read my book, Experience Matters, Here's Mine, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own, or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.